Hi, welcome to another episode of Open Mic. We are excited to be here with you today. My name is Jared. I'm here with Coco, Logan, and Chloe. And we are excited because today we're talking on, on the topic of speaking your truth. It's a it's a phrase that we hear a lot in culture, online. We hear people say it. What does it mean? Where did it come from? And how can we start to have uh, truth around this phrase, knowing what it is, where it came from, and what does God's word have to say about that phrase, that attitude, that um, everything that comes with it. So Logan, will you talk a little bit about like where it came from, that phrase, and um, how it kind of got popular so quickly? Yeah, so I think uh, like a phrase like speak your truth, like we've seen variations of that be popular in our lifetime outside of that. But really speaking your truth kind of came on the scene when the Me Too movement um, started. And really what it was was a way for people to feel empowered a lot of times to kind of share vulnerability and um, share experiences. And so I think at the the core of kind of where it developed, there there is some good things in that because we, we were talking about this, like sexual immorality uh, should be dealt with and it should there should be justice for people um, and it should be, um, you know, called out and things. But uh, we have to kind of determine like now, okay, what is this this term, what does it mean as we unpack it? And so there's nothing wrong with sharing vulnerability and experiences. That's part of the purpose of biblical community is using wisdom to know when to share things. Um, that that's that's not bad. And um, I think now the term has kind of gotten confusing, where a lot of times now speak your truth. Uh, a lot of times is is kind of moved past experiences, feelings, and kind of vulnerability, and it's moved to. I'm going to give you my opinion, and I'm not going to change my mind about it, but here's my opinion. And so I think that's probably more of where we land right now, uh, at least from what I've seen and and what it seems like we all agree on, we see happening. Yeah, and I think it is important to understand that sometimes there's a a phrase that gets popular or um, an idea or something that happens, and then it's like the things that happen underneath that, are they good? Are they right? Can I argue with your truth? Like what... What's the Bible have to say about these topics? So I think if we would kind of mark it up under like three subheadings, what is speaking your truth? Well, speaking your truth is like you saying what you want, you saying what is on your mind, you're saying what you're, 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 what's going on. And then there's like your experience. You're speaking your truth with this is what happened to me. This is what, this is what your experience is. And you can't really argue with that. And you can't really like undo that if that's your experience and then there's like the um true self type attitude of like mm-hmm. this is i'm i'm living my truth i'm speaking my truth i've heard that like living my truth a little bit um so like i'm just being my true self i'm being who you know this is just who i've always been this is who so if you were to take those three and say it's like you know speaking your truth it's your true self and your experiences i mean what are biblical wisdom around let's just say like the first one, like speaking your truth, saying, saying what you want to say and just kind of letting, letting your words kind of fall out and say that that's just what I think. That's what I believe. Yeah. I think, I think the starting point of this is truth is, is there, Coco, you mentioned it. It's like, is there absolute truth? Like, is there absolute truth? And as believers, we believe that there is absolute truth. So when we say your truth, we're not really concerned with 
like, I don't mean this in a mean way. I'm not concerned with Coco's truth. Like, am I concerned with her, her experiences or vulnerabilities? Like, uh, saying, like, sure, yeah, like, I'm, I'm good with that. But when it comes to, like, absolute truth, there is absolute truth, and that absolute truth is an attribute of God. God is truthfulness. So, therefore, if we are in an attempt to create our own form of truth, we're kind of getting our theology wrong, where we can't be, you know, putting ourselves, like, we're trying to function in a role that God has. God is truth, you know. And that, that's kind of where we have to start there. Like there is an absolute truth and that supersedes your truth. Right. And I think, you know, when people talk about, oh, this is my truth, then that's what they're li- basing their lives on, which is, mm-hmm. hey, I'm going to do this according to what I think. And that totally goes against God's word. And I think as believers, like we do have to answer the question, Logan, exactly what you said. Do we believe in absolute truth? And we're here to say that we do believe in absolute truth, and that is God's word. Um, in John 14, 6, it says, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And so we read that verse. We read several different verses when it talks about Jesus says that he is the truth. Um, and so when we as believers can look at this topic of like, what is this absolute or what is truth? What is my truth? We actually can look at this and say, well, we don't need to like come up with our own thing that would actually go against God's word. Uh, we can actually go to God's word and view the lens through, view our world through the lens of the Bible and say, okay, like I have an opinion about this. I got to see what the Bible actually says. And then I need to submit to that because that is the truth of God's word. When we don't have an ultimate truth, we actually have chaos. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I think there's such, like, a clear pathway to truth. Like you said right there, the Bible is so clear that Jesus is the truth. Like, he literally says it right there. And so I think as believers, like, we have a responsibility to share that truth. Like, we are commanded in the Bible to go um, and share God's word. And so I think that if we aren't sharing God's truth to other people, and if we meet people who say who live this way and live their own truth, like we're not loving them well as followers of Christ and showing them Jesus if we're just not sharing the absolute truth that we've been talking about with them. Yeah, in John 8, 31 and 32, Jesus says, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. Mm -hmm. You'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. Elsewhere in Ephesians, we see um, the sword of the Spirit being the Word of God. Like, this is the the weapon that we use to fight our battles. Like, this is our spiritual weapon, is the truth of God's Word. And so there, there's so much to do with God's Word being truth, but that is where, like, the anchor point is. Yeah, and doesn't it say in Romans how it's the, it's the sword that cuts through bone and marrow to see into the hearts of the people? Mm-hmm. So, like, for me, my emotions and my thoughts can lead me in so many different directions. Yeah. So if I'm just going to, and this speaks to like the next idea of like, I'm just living my, my truth. This is who I am. Like, even if it's, I'm just going by like, I'm just, this is my experience. I want to live it. Mm-hmm. My, my emotions and my thoughts and my desires are going to take me to places that aren't going to be good for even me. They're going to take me to a place that is not healthy for me. So you have to take it as like, okay, God's word is going to shine a light back on me and show me how I need God. It, it's not going to um, show me that like, hey, you have everything that you need to survive, to, to live, to be your truest self. So go ahead and go, go and live. Through Christ, all those yeah. things will happen because he mm-hmm. is the truth. And that's the, it's such a, it seems like such a small difference, mm-hmm. but it's a world of difference because Jesus is a world of difference yeah. and makes mm-hmm. that change. So when someone would say like, I'm just, I'm living my true self, what, what would, what's mm-hmm. something to think about as you're thinking about that, that phrasing, like, I'm just living my true self. I'm, 
um, I'm, I'm living that. What would you say? Well, an unpopular truth presented in Scripture is that our flesh, like who we are, is sinful. That's every single person. But also that it means that like us at our core, in our flesh, like we are not innately good, that we have evil in our hearts. And that can only be overcome through a relationship with Jesus. And when we enter into a relationship with Jesus, we receive the Holy Spirit and it's the Holy Spirit working in our lives, coupled with the truth of God's word that sanctifies us, that makes us more like Christ. I mean, that was the theme of our summer series, Romans 6, 7, and 8, is that we're dead to our old self now and we're now alive to Christ. And so I don't want to be my original self because I know that that's not that good. I want to be more Christ-like, and I want God to make me in his, into mm. his image. Yeah, and I love that, um, you know, the Bible is actually a guidebook to our life, and God gave this as a gift to us, um, and it's alive and active. So we could read the same verse, you know, years ago and then pick it up again and be like, whoa, like that, why did that speak to me, right? Mm. Um, and I'm so thankful for God's word because it really is, um, a gift, and it's something that we can we can read this, and it actually reads us when we when we're re- when we start reading. We're like, "Whoa, how did that speak to my situation?" Like, that's crazy. Um, but it's a way God has given this us for us to flourish. Mm-hmm. And when we don't have something to live our lives by, then it, it truly is going to be do whatever and everything goes. But that truly will not lead to flourishing. That actually leads to death. Like that's not going to give us a life that's abundant that God has mm-hmm. said that we can have. Um, and so I think like it actually is there for our freedom's sake. Mm-hmm. So, and I do think that's why it's important to have a good understanding of God, of who He yeah. is, and of what the Bible says. Because sometimes, I mean, I've sat there across from people who've had a difficult upbringing, abuse in every way possible, and you're just like, man, that's it's so hard. How do you start to reconcile? Like, God is good. God is great. He's mm-hmm. He's He's going to, like, how do you start to reconcile who he is when that is what you're sitting across the table from? Mm -hmm. But you have to have an understanding of who God is in those moments so that you understand all of that happened because that was not what God designed. That is not what God hoped for. People were not living the way that God wanted them to. So that is what happened. And start to have kind of a container for, okay, this pain happened because it happened outside of God's design. This right. desire is in my heart because it's outside of God's design. Mm-hmm. And if you chase those things, it's going to equal pain. So that's why I do think it's important to know what your Bible says yeah. so that when situations come up that are from all over the, the, the map and you don't know which way is up and you don't know how to handle mm-hmm. this different thing that's in the news and, man, these, these people have this story. How do you combat that? Mm-hmm. Well, what does God's word have to say? And it may not speak to that exact mm-hmm. situation, mm-hmm. but it will speak to something It'll speak to uh, life. It'll speak to what people are going through, and it'll and it'll help. Yeah, I think just a lot of people maybe who are wanting to live their truth or the things that are their opinions or thoughts, like I think that they think that God's word and the absolute truth that we know it is is going to not set them free. Like we see mm. that the Bible says, it feels like it's limiting. Yeah, it feels like it's limiting them, but really we see that like truth will set us free like the bible says that and that we can live an abundant life when we're living with jesus but i don't it just breaks my heart because people don't realize how like Mm. much freedom they'll feel when they're living by god's truth rather than their own yeah and and go ahead coco well i was just gonna say sometimes that can be a little bit confusing but a good example which you guys have talked about is like 
you know, if your child is going to run out into the street as a parent or as somebody that's older, you're going to grab them and, and say, no, 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 like, I don't want you to run out in the street because that's dangerous. And that's like, that's kind of close to this because it's like, yeah. well, God doesn't want us to do the things that are going to be harmful to us. He wants us to do things that are going to make us flourish. Mm-hmm. And so like there are boundaries, but those boundaries are for our freedom and yeah. for us to live a life of abundance, not just a life of whatever we want to do. Right. Yeah. What, Coco, you said when there's no truth, there's chaos. So mm-hmm. when, when they're like truth, it makes the, what is chaotic, it makes it clear right? Mm -hmm. So we go from chaos to clarity. And then what should happen is that should lead to compassion. You know, Chloe, you said it breaks your heart when you see people in that. I think sometimes uh, in the church circle or Christian world, we get it wrong. And it's like our clarity and the way that we view the world, it it leads to this form of like better than everyone else, cut everything off. We're only going to be in our circle. And it's like, man, that should lead to our compassion that we have such a passion to show people the truth of God's word in a loving and a kind way. But you can't love someone enough if you, if you don't, you don't truly love someone if you're not willing to speak truth yeah. to them. Yeah, that, that goes to, in Ephesians 4, verse 13, it's talking about building up the body of Christ. And it says, until we attain to the unity, faith, and knowledge of the Son of Jesus to mature manhood, to the measure and the stature of the fullness of Christ. So you're growing up into maturity, knowing the things of God. And it says, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves uh, and carried about by every wind of doctrine and human cunning by craftiness and deceitful schemes. There's this idea that like we grow up so we're tall. We understand the, script, the, the, the stature of God, how big he is, his character, so that whenever the waves come, um, you're a peer. You're not, you're not a buoy. You're not getting moved back and forth. You're not depending on the waves. You're not depending on the things around you. You're a peer that is locked in. You have a foundation. You have something strong to hold on to when waves come. Because waves are going to come. There's going to be an attitude, an idea, that's something that's like, man, that's really exciting. That, that, and some of those things come along next to Christianity and seem like they're a compliment or an additive. And really, they're taking away from it because they're not the true gospel. Um, but that's where... The next phrase is what really gets me. It says, rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow. And a lot of people stop there. We're like, man, I'm just speaking the truth in love. And it's speaking the truth and it's speaking the truth. Mm-hmm. But we're not doing it in love. Mm-hmm. But there's an end goal there. It's not just because it's true it needs to be said. There's an end goal that says we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ, from whom the whole body joined together, every joint with which is equipped, when working properly, makes the body grow. But there's this idea that, like, I'm going to speak truth to you as it grows you into the image of Christ. Mm -hmm. So, like, just because it's true doesn't mean it needs to be said, but can I help build you up into a person that knows? So, like, our our community, we want to be people that, like, help each other, Mm -hmm. that we're not... I see Logan getting swept away. I want to help him. I want to help build that peer in his life and the same so that we're not tossed every which direction by things that are really exciting and seem really interesting and a lot of people are following that we have to build each other up through speaking truth. Yeah, that reminds me, Jared, of Psalm 1, and I'm just going to read it because it's so good, and it talks about how we can be firmly planted, but it says, Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers, but they delight in the law of the Lord, which is God's word, which is the truth, which is what we're talking about. They meditate on it day and night. 
Uh, they're like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit in each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. But not the wicked. They are like worthless chaff and scattered by the wind. They will be condemned at the time of judgment. Sinners will have no place among the godly, for the Lord watches over the path of the godly, but the path of wicked leads to destruction. And I think the comparison between someone who follows God's word and someone who doesn't is like really strong there. And it makes me like, oh my word, like I want to be living my life according to God's truth, according to what God's word says, meditating on it and letting God's word transform who I am versus letting whatever in the world I want to transform who I am because that's naturally what happens. And so I think that that to me like encourages me so much to be somebody who is committed to God's word, be somebody who is spending time daily with him, allowing God's word to transform us. Yeah, so I think as we as we kind of wrap up, our goal would be that our community, anyone who listens to this, is rooted in knowing who they are in Jesus. That they every morning, I feel like this is this is always my hope and my prayer is that I, I, I show up at the feet of Jesus and whether I'm getting ready to read my Bible, I'm just going to pray and say, God, I, I'm coming to you needing you today. And I know that I'm going to get tossed every which direction and I need you to, to plant me down because I can't do it on my own. I need you to do it for me. Mm-hmm. And this act of humility uh, that says, I need you. Because if we have an act of pride, we're going to say, I know the answer. I am the answer. Right. But an attitude of humility says, Jesus, you are the answer. You're going to build us up into something that we can't build on our own. So, hey, thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. We'll catch you next time.